Behold the astronaut, the high command, the pinnacle of modern man, above the sea and sky stands, unfeeling Hello everybody and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 757 with a review of ISS. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a theater near you. This week, we are talking about the first theatrical film that we are catching of 2024. Um, New year, Stephen. New season of the podcast. Um, This is going to be exciting, potentially, or maybe it won't be. Uh, But yeah, we're talking about a little film, about a little conflict that happens on the International Space Station. Um, So to start this episode off, Stephen, I want to know from you. Would you ever do like a stint in a space station or like like the ISS? I, I, I've thought about this many times. The, the way I've thought about it before has been if I had unlimited resources or whatever, if money were like literally zero object, would I do one of those flights to space that supposedly they're going to start offering people? And my answer is I would not right now for the same reason I don't get the Vision Pro, just that I never do the first (laughs) version of a thing. I don't trust it yet. I feel like they haven't ironed out the kinks. Um, But once they iron out the kinks 100%, I would definitely go to space. And I would be willing to do a like six-month stint in space just for the, the feeling of doing a thing that no one in civilization before 60 years ago had ever done like in the history of mankind i feel like it would be just a such an amazing feeling i to me the the terror like i I am a i'm prone to hypochondria like i can definitely imagine being up there and suddenly being like oh no something's wrong (laughs) we gotta turn around we gotta turn around yeah we gotta turn around you know i forgot my inhaler um that would definitely happen but I think the rush would be worth whatever whatever the terror is. Uh, how about you? Well, Stephen, uh, you know, <laughs> you talk about not wanting to be on the first one. Yeah, you want you want to work out the kinks. You want to be on like Gen two. I yeah. like if I go to space, I'm not going to space till the iPhone 15 Pro Max. <laughs> like, mm. I want it. I mean, not. I don't know if I'm gonna be around that long. So, but... so you're gonna go <laughs> three months ago. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I want, like, well down the road, lots of enhancements. I, like, and and that's the thing is, doing the flight to space, you know, and once again, we're talking about, like, if money's no object, because, like, in my head, the flight to space is kind of like going and be like, yeah, I did it. I went to space. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Come back. But, like, if money is an object, that seems like, well, not worth (laughs) the investment just to go up and then come back down. Um, But I don't know that I want to be hanging out in a space station. Like, if we get to, like, Star Trek levels where, like, it's, like, super advanced technology where people are just living nonstop in space, you know, when we go to the the International Films Festival that is in space, yeah, m- you know, maybe when we get to that point, I'll be down for it. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure that I really want to just be hanging out in, like, a mo- like modern nowadays space station. Yeah, I mean, it looks a little cramped. Like, I don't even like flying economy. <laughs> I guess I would... <laughs> I would have a problem. I want the Ad Astra version of space, you know, where you're just uh, you're on a nice little airline. Everything's taken care of for you, you know. Maybe not the Ad Astra destination, um, but th- but this is all kind of a lead up to a fact that you already know, but I told you to tee up 
for the podcast, which is that <laughs> I have a friend who went to space and not just went to space, but was just on the ISS from early March until I believe a few months ago. I think it was a six month mission that he did. So it would have ended fairly recently. Um, and yeah, it's this guy, Woody, Woody Hoberg, that I went to Berkeley with uh, that went on to be an MIT professor and then became an astronaut. And I watched him live do that thing where you like leave the atmosphere, which is the most stressful part, because when yeah. they the first time they did it 30 seconds before takeoff, they canceled the mission because of fuel leak or something like that. So I watched all of that and watched them cancel, then watched them do it again a week later. And that first like 30 minutes where they are like getting out of the atmosphere, that is that is intense. That is yeah. still intense. Um, I have not talked to him from the ISS, but I did watch videos and like blog updates and stuff that would happen. <laughs> and it looked pretty cool. And the embarrassing thing I'm going to admit to you is when I saw the trailer for ISS, my first thought was, could I get Woody on the podcast? <laughs> could, could I get him? <laughs> We'd be the one podcast where an actual person who was just in the International Space Station <laughs> would uh, would critique it. And then I thought, Woody's probably too busy to <laughs> do my podcast. <laughs> and even but, if I had someone of his level on this podcast, I don't know if I would risk it on like a Bleecker Street <laughs> movie that's released in January. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of other films uh, that are going to take place in the ISS by the end of the year. So, you know. Yeah, sure. There'll, there'll be other chances. Um, but yeah, but by, by then, his trip will be way old news, though. So he, he, once again, he might not want to come on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But that that was very much when I saw the trailer for the first time. The first little, like, embarrassing thing that popped into my mind was, ooh, I see an opportunity. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me send an old uh, text message. <laughs> to this NASA astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would be cool, though, Stephen. It would be cool. Um, and, you know, it might make this conversation nice and lively. Um, hopefully, it'll yeah. still be lively as we get into hmm. this episode. But, uh, you know, no promises. We don't have the institutional knowledge of what it's like to actually go there. We just got to watch it and, you know, talk about how we think it feels like it accomplished it. All right. Well, Stephen, how about we take a listen to the trailer for ISS and then come back and give everybody a review? Sure. Government to take control. 
do you suggest we do now? The Russians got the same orders as us. And they just struck first. Struck first. We're evolved species. All right. So that was the trailer for ISS. Uh, basically, it is the story of, uh, you know, some U.S. astronauts and some Russian cosmonauts are hanging out on the International Space Station when suddenly a war breaks out down on the surface of Earth. Um, and uh, both sides uh, independently receive communications back from the surface, asking them to take control of the, take control of the ISS. And this is sort of uh, the story about what happens when those people receive those orders. Stephen Miller, what did you think of ISS? Yeah, so you first pointed out the existence of this movie to me. I, I think the trailer played before something that we were planning on watching, and you caught it before I did. Um, and I really enjoyed just the premise of this movie. It felt like the kind of ideal January spoiler warning episode to me. <laughs> um, like, I, I just think it it is a really, really clever is maybe a strong word, but it, it's a take I haven't seen before that clearly fits so well with claustrophobia. And then also it is taking tensions that we have a lot right now. Like, like I know this is international, but I feel like between Alex Garland's Civil War, for instance, coming out this year, there are things about like what happens when people don't get along and you can't trust each other anymore. And I, I, I thought it was just very, very, very clever. Uh, and I was stoked for this movie, honestly. I was very excited when I realized that this weekend was when it was coming out. Um, and I thought the movie was pretty decent, okay, solid. <laughs> I gave it three stars out of five and a heart on Letterboxd. <laughs> um, here's what I think is good. Again, I think the premise is good. I think it does accomplish the feeling, I assume, of being on the ISS, even though the way they accomplish it is a little janky. I don't know if it was by projection, but I felt like the the video footage was kind of like jumpy and almost felt like a like documentary graininess like you would see if you were filming something on a not great camera and maybe beaming it back to Earth. Uh, like, like there was something that made it low grade in a way that I felt like worked for our interactions with space and with the ISS. Like this was not a, this was not Ad Astra. This was not like a super slick movie. This made it feel like an actual kind of grainy thing that could have happened in the actual ISS. Um, I thought the way of depicting zero gravity, it got off to a kind of clunky start. Like at the beginning, I felt like they were all doing that thing where you learn how to quote levitate as a magician and you're just like standing on one tiptoe while the other foot is flat. Like for a little while, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be a very long movie. Uh, but then I felt like they nailed it. Like I, I feel like they they slip into it and I truly believed they were in zero gravity and it felt like that confined, you don't know where up where up is and where down is. And I, I, I thought it was pretty effective, mostly because the cast I think is quite good. Um, I had a weird kind of face blindness while watching this movie. So other than Chris Messina, I did not recognize a single person. I just kept thinking I know them, but I don't know why I know them. Um, 
I couldn't have named Euron Greyjoy if you gave me like a thousand years. Uh, and John Gallagher Jr. without a beard threw me the hell off. He is a completely different, like Dwight Schrute type human being <laughs> without a beard. <laughs> and I don't like it. And I, <laughs> I want the beard back. Um, but anyway, I think all the cast is quite good. And they elevate a movie that doesn't, in lesser hands, would not have been that little heart emoji for me. Um, I think at a certain point, probably about halfway through, the movie sort of, it it devolves. It doesn't really know what more to do with its premise. And I think it peaks too early. And after that, you're kind of left just picking up the pieces and trying to figure out what are they going to do to draw out tension for the remaining 45 minutes of this thing? Um, I also think, and we can get into, I don't know if we're going to do spoilers, but I think there's a fundamental asymmetry in this movie in the way it treats the people on board that I think makes it less of an elegant, tight narrative about the way that that kind of message that you receive might pit two people against each other and how a lack of trust can cause destruction. I feel like the movie could have been very elegant and instead they decide to make there be some level of, quote, bad guy in a way that I felt like was kind of the least interesting thing they could have done with the storyline. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I, like, I definitely thought it was messy, but I also had fun the whole time. And it was a tight movie, like 90 minutes in and out. I, I was glad that I watched it. I just felt like it... It could have been a solid B movie that I'm like kind of raving about by the end of the year. And instead, this is very much a love the premise. Glad I saw it. Man, they kind of shit the bed there at the end, didn't they? <laughs> what, what about you? How did you feel? Yeah. So, you know, as you said, I, I flagged that this was coming out. Um, I believe somehow I saw this, the trailer for ISS right before seeing uh, All of Us Strangers. <laughs> It doesn't seem like sure. it fits thematically with that. Uh, well, I guess, uh, you know, it is a bunch of strangers <laughs> in one structure that is not very populated. Uh, so I guess it could actually fit um, thematically in some ways. Um, but I, I saw that trailer and I was like, holy shit, this is a great premise. <laughs> Like, this is exactly what I want. It's, uh, you know, like confined spaces, like, it, you know, space elevator pitch. Um, you know, like it's 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 got everything that Christopher would want to see of, as you said, a January film. Like, it, it seemed like it was going to be really, really fun. And uh, I was really excited for it. Um, you know, as the film started, I started to get this weird, like, Christopher questions in the back of my head. Like, I was like, yep. all right, so you're on the space station you theoretically have people on the station that are your foes in mm. theory. But also if like nuclear war is happening down on the surface of the planet, why does that conflict involve you up there? And why does this matter? Can't you all just sit up there and be like, Oh, it sucks. The world's gone <laughs> and like, just do yeah. your own thing. Um, so that started to bother me in the back of my head. And then they like try to come up with their own explanation for why it is important for there to be conflict on mm -hmm. that station, which is a thing that before the explosion started happening wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> so it was like that sort of bothered me uh, as well. I think, I think the initial tensions are pretty clear, like to this film's credit, you know, like the planet blows up like pretty quickly <laughs> into the story. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but unlike the way the trailer 
plays it out it's not an immediately it's not immediate oh shit there's explosions lock everything down separate the cabins let's do our own thing the trailer sort of sells it like it's an immediate response to seeing the explosions but instead everybody's kind of like hanging out waiting for orders and then slowly everybody starts to get orders on these machines that beep loud as shit and everybody knows exactly what it means that you're getting secret messages from your your country's government um so it's it's kind of like this film does a lot of work to like artificially inflate tensions when things could kind of be and I, I think what i wanted from this film is something where things escalate and escalate and escalate until it's all out madness on board the ship but it mm-hmm. seems like it's really just isolated to a few small altercations um right but it's not like a crew of you know like it's not it's not like a mission to mars sort of thing where like there's like a big crew of people that are there it's like it's just a few people so it's yeah, not like there's people, a I think. yeah it's not like there's a there's a lot of chance for spontaneous killings and stuff like that right. as people try to figure out who the traitor is you know like it's not that kind of film it's really just can these people work together or are they going to fight with each other due to what their governments are both saying and i think to me ultimately it let me down a little bit um mm-hmm. this film also suffers from attempting to not succumb to a thing they could easily do like this this could be a film where the russians were just evil and it's just purely about the bad russian people and can the u.s survive against the bad russians they want to a not do that (laughs) and b make it a lot of not gray area but a lot of you know (laughs) bad hombres on both sides (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they don't, yeah. they didn't, they don't want to just purely have this be like a thriller where there's an evil thing trying to get you and you're just trying to survive. They want to just be conflicts on both sides. And what do you do in a situation where tensions are 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 you know going high? And how can you handle handle yourself there and just be a decent person? Right. That's the story they want to tell. And I think for me, it kind of let me down in a little bit. Um, and then it just completely fizzles out right at the end where it's like it has no resolve to the story it's doing. Um, and this yeah. doesn't feel like a a film where the cliffhanger is the point. It's not like one right. of those things where it's like, oh, shit. I mean, the way stuff works, uh, I can't imagine what's going to happen after the movie. It, it's just kind of like that's your resolve to this. No resolve at all. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. And, and I think that for some reason this film, it just didn't. It didn't know what it wanted to do enough. And I think for that, it let me down. Overall, you know, you talked about like the cast being good and stuff like that. All that stuff worked for me enough to keep me kind of enjoying the film and writing it through. It really wasn't until the ending where now all those complaints that I didn't care about because I was having fun suddenly started to feel worse for me. Yeah, I'm, because I'm imagining all those complaints being like Cyrillic that just like beamed into your brain at the ending when the <laughs> transmission turned back on. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much what happened. Yeah, I hear you. It's interesting because the movie, it sounds like a part of you was expecting the there are the the bad hombres and now we have to you know deal with it and it's going to escalate and escalate that isn't the movie i was expecting and my criticism is almost that i think it met me like two steps in my direction but then it couldn't commit enough to actually be a kind of philosophic movie where the only enemy is the idea of citizenship or whatever right like there was a version of this movie where no one is the first instigator it's just two groups of people mistrusting each other 
yeah doing that Chris thing where they don't say the one thing that would resolve everything <laughs> um, <laughs> and and then somehow chaos ensuing just based on that lack of trust without anyone being calculating you know yeah and it's like it's like they went. 50% of the way there or first they went 0% of the way there and then they backtrack into being halfway there in a way that felt just a little half-assed to me with that said I like the character who they use as the kind of sympathetic both sides have people who feel bad about this like I, I think he's actually done decently well but yeah the way this escalates when there are only at most five possible victims in a ship with six people in it um, <laughs> it, it just yeah, it, it just felt like they didn't really know what to do with it. And I agree with you. The ending just feels like a kind of shrug of an ending, which is weird yeah. because I feel like they could they could leave it dangling in a way that wouldn't bother me. It, we would have to get to it in spoilers. And I don't know if this is worth a spoiler section, but they could leave it dangling just by having people decide, fuck it, I'm out. I'm not I'm not a part of the world anymore, you know, yeah. but they don't do that. They they do it in a way where you feel like more has to happen. And then they're just like, nope, the movie's over. Which is, and, and, it's weird. And, and there's two things I want to say. One is that I don't think we actually feel differently about the way it handled the tension. I think mm -hmm. I just was doing a poor job of like exp explaining what I was trying to say is, is basically I feel they tried too hard to both sides it. it mm -hmm. So it's like, to me, I see the attempt to not paint either side as 100% good or bad. And that feels strained to me in a way. So it's not that I expected there, it to be like, oh, evil Russians. It's just that like the way they go out of their way <laughs> to do it feels kind of cheesy to me. Um, so, so there's that. And the second thing I want to say is I wouldn't have as much a problem with the fizzly nature of the ending if it weren't for what was specifically being said across mm. the radio at the end of the film. Um, mm. Because that is what makes it seem kind of silly to me. Um, and once mm. again, we don't mm. need to go into a <laughs> specific spoiler section for this. It's just, it's one of those things where all the parties involved don't have an actual plan. Mm -hmm. And the respective governments of anybody involved have no idea what's going on. So it's not yeah. like a we're going. To, it's it's not it's not a situation where it's like like you said like we're just gonna not participate in this war, right? It's just it's a thing where it's like no, there's no nobody knows that nobody has any information, so right. no action is worth taking because you don't know what the outcome of that is. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's so just visually you can guess the outcome, and the outcome I think is <laughs> not good. <laughs> Something happens just a few minutes after the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, but also the, the funny thing too is there's a scene partway through through uh, there's a scene partway through the film where a character explains why the ending of the film can't happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, there's a line of dialogue was like, well, that can't happen because without X, X can't happen. And then mm -hmm. at the end of the film, it's like, eh, we're just going to do X. Yeah, it was one weird misdirect the movie does is it it picks a thing about halfway through the movie that is going to be the 
the MacGuffin, basically. And it paints it as a MacGuffin very quickly of like, oh, that was actually a mystery act. We don't care. And then it says, no, actually, that's a real thing. And that is weird because emotionally, you've already decided you don't give a shit <laughs> about it. Yeah. it you is already a, put it, the zero in node zero. Yeah, <laughs> don't, exactly. Don't try to make me care about it again. Yeah, there's just a weird way that it handles that where it doesn't build up the 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 meaning of it at all. I also just feel like... The, so the inciting incident in this movie, I think, is solid. Great. Well well done. I, I totally buy it. And, and I understand why it would leave everything in absolute chaos. They... they do something with that incident later in the movie that I was like pretty excited when I realized what they were going to do. I was like, hell yeah, the the tables are turning. This is going to be really fun. Um, other than that one character, I feel like every other death in this movie, I, I didn't believe it or I didn't care about it in some way, especially the end of the movie. The end of the movie feels like it is paying off a tension that the tension was there, but not in a way where you knew what to root for or what you were hoping would happen. And it just, I don't know, it felt very messy by the end. I, I felt like they didn't, they didn't put your allegiance in a direction where you would feel a payoff when people died. Um, and it, I don't know, it's just a very odd way of framing the movie with the exception of the one character who is the first to go, who I think everything they did with that person was pretty cool. Like I was totally on board for that one. Um, but the rest, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we should have done a spoiler section. This was completely <laughs> incomprehensible to anyone listening who has not watched ISS. Just like the ending of the film, Steven. <laughs> mm -hmm. I will say though, John Gallagher Jr. I mean, he was in Underwater. He was in 10 Cloverfield Lane. I feel like he has found a thing that he does which is be in weird pressure cooker movies where some chaotic thing is happening around you and you don't know how to survive. I feel like that yeah. is uh, that is his lane. Uh, I mean, his 10 Cloverfield lane. Nice. Um for real though, do you want do you want to do spoilers? Yeah, we might as well at this All point. Right. We we could do like a quick like 5-10 minute uh spoiler section. Um sure. but do you have any non-spoiler comments to get out before we transition over there? Uh, one nitpick is this movie is predicated on the idea that the ISS is equal parts U.S. and Russian people, but it, it isn't like it is more multicultural than that. Like, I think every mission that goes people from multiple countries are together in one place. And I it, there's there's so few people on the ISS. It felt kind of weird because they could have still had this plot with that wild card and i just thought it was a little weird that they took it for granted that this is always a u.s russian equal partnership um because <laughs> it, it just isn't and it, i don't know that kind of annoyed me but then on the pro side i felt like a lot of details they definitely lifted from real life like i liked the way they exercise on a treadmill i remember seeing an interview with an astronaut showing how they run in space and it was exactly like that where like you hold you hold something to tether yourself <laughs> um <laughs> So I don't know. There were details that I liked and there were details that I didn't like as much. I also, a key part of this movie is the idea that the astronauts do not speak each other's language very well. And from my sample size of one person, learning Russian 
and vice versa. Learning English is like a critical mandatory thing that you must do <laughs> before you go to space. So it, yeah. it's a little bit silly that they have people who are like, uh, uh, how do I, da? Is that how I say yes? Da? Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> you you took like years of Russian language training to be allowed up there. To to be fair, it's it's semi critical to the plot that one of the characters was rushed through the program based on their mm -hmm. medical background. Um, right. So that character maybe only had six months to learn Russian fluently. Yeah, yeah, because she was Russian. It's <laughs> not who I was talking about. I was talking about the American. No, she was rushing through the program. Oh, yeah. Good. There you go. <laughs> Jesus <Yeah>. Christ. <laughs> oh, it's, it's an even worse joke when, <laughs> <laughs> when you have to explain it. Uh... <laughs> All right. And on that note, Stephen, what do you say we get to our verdicts for this film? Uh, da. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Stephen Miller, if you were going to give this a must-see and record with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I'm giving this a wait for rental. I had a fine time with it. I thought it was a pretty fun movie. I think it does lose the threads and get kind of stupid by the end, but I do think the core premise is fun, and it's the kind of shoestring budget movie that I like exists. Like It's a fun January thing to watch, but... Apples to Apples, I think Underwater was a more fun January type of movie to watch than this one. So your mileage may vary. Yeah, I, I definitely agree there. Um, for me, it is also a wait for rental. So I guess I also agree there. <laughs> um, I I think I had less fun than Steven did, um, but I still had enough fun to not hate my experience watching this movie. It, it, you know, it was a good time. It was a good time right up until the end when uh, the ending happened. Um, but, uh, you know... It's still, you know, we came off our big giant end of year episode uh, just a few weeks back, and now we're getting back into the swing of things. I think this is a nice, sweet, soft re-entry into yeah. the atmosphere that is this podcast. So I don't, I can't, can't really complain too much, even though I've been doing it for thirty minutes. Um, mm. <laughs> so. Um, if you'd like to hear some more complaining, we're going to talk spoilers in just a second. Um, but for now, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week and don't want to stick around for spoilers, where can they find you? Uh, people can find me at sdavidmiller on pretty much any social network or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or christopherirl on a few social networks. Uh, just just poke around at them until you find <laughs> find me um you can find the podcast over at the spoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show if you want to subscribe to the show you can do so on overcast youtube apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found um if you want to know when the episodes go live you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoiler warning facebook.com slash the spoiler warning or instagram.com slash the spoiler warning if you want to get a hold of us directly you can send an email to fans at the spoiler or you can use the contact form on our site Music for this episode will come from a track selected from artlist.io, so hopefully you were enjoying that. That music is playing now. It's going to fade up. Um, we're going to do a little countdown, and when that music fades out, we will be on board the ISS talking about spoilers, so get ready for that. We'll see you in a second.
we are back. This is spoiler territory. It's the after part of our review of ISS. Um, we are talking full blown spoilers. Um, so unless you want a screwdriver shoved <laughs> in the back of your neck, uh, watch out. <laughs> Stephen Miller, where do you want to start? Yeah. Okay. So, so the deaths that happen in this movie, we can just go through them. The one which is not actually originally a death, but which I thought was pretty well done, uh, was Christmasina. Uh, I mean, you can see it coming a mile away, right? You you know yeah. what is going to I happen. Mean, he saw it coming a mile away too. Can't be on. I don't need the arm. I don't need the arm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. What, what, and, what? One more question, Stephen. Sorry, I don't mean to completely derail the rant you're about to go on, but I have to go on another mini rant real fast. We've seen a lot of space films, right? Sure. In every space film, something goes wrong with the space device. Mm-hmm. And you have to go outside, do a, a spacewalk, um, yeah. which is really just a space float, and drag yourself along the hull of your ship and get to the damaged panel, the damaged satellite array, the damaged whatever it is, and repair it. Why, why don't they put more doors on these space stations? <laughs> <laughs> it would definitely make it easier. I, well, I, I was also going to say, I assume you always have redundant tethers, too. Like, I can't imagine how <laughs> terrified you would be if you were floating adrift in space and there was only one piece of fabric <laughs> that... connecting you. That can't be what they do. I refuse to believe that's how they do it. <laughs> that, that reminds me, Stephen. Okay, I have another question for you. I'm not a NASA mm-hmm. astronaut, but I assume it takes a lot of, like skill studying intelligence to become an astronaut right if i have a tether that can be connected at two ends (laughs) and i'm trying to go further than the length of the tether do i disconnect the one that's the furthest point that's tethering me to the ship and not allowing me to go forward or do i disconnect my suit and go on without the tether it depends how much of a maverick you are, Chris. <laughs> Apparently. I, I will say, in a thing that honestly was kind of weird, but I think, so I think we are supposed to believe that Chris Messina is emotionally screwed up by what is happening on Earth and the fact that he is seeing it. And it has put him in a very kind of agoraphobic place where he feels vertigo. He feels like petrified to be out there all of a sudden. And the fact that he has lost his ability to talk to Ariana DeBose has kind of made him lose his cool. Now, do I believe an astronaut would lose their cool? No. Like, I think that's what all the training is for, (laughs) is to (laughs) be able to not have that happen. Um, And it's why you, you know, have the robot give you the drugs or whatever, (laughs) you know, like an Ad Astra to make sure you're level all the time. Um, But for the sake of the movie and the fact that I, in that moment, was feeling a little like free solo terror myself, like to me, ever since I saw Gravity, maybe earlier than that, the idea of floating into space forever is horrifying, right? And the the idea that the only thing keeping that from happening to you is like letting go or not having a tether anymore, it is legitimately scary to me. And I felt like the suspense worked just fine. Um so I am going to call Chris Messina's death, quote, a win there. I was fine with it. I liked it. I liked that they cut away at the right time. I liked the idea of him floating out and not being able to communicate to anyone and just the the terror of that. And when I realized later in the movie that he was still alive and the movie was undoing it, 
I liked it for multiple reasons. First, because I like the idea of the commander is going to be back on board. That's going to be pretty damn cool. <laughs> and I also, I liked it because they were retroactively turning it into the movie I thought it was going to be, which is a no, no one has knowingly murdered someone else. And yet the situation caused people to die. Yeah. So the, the, the woman, Nika, she has died because she went crazy thinking her friends killed the man that she loves. And then um, John Gallagher Jr., you know, knocked her out to try to stop her from doing anything rash. And like you could kind of see a world where this whole movie is just the story of all these people died because they can't trust each other. Isn't this a horrible misunderstanding? This is why we shouldn't have borders and nationalism and blah, 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 blah. Instead, Chris Messina is back for like two seconds before he gets in an epic <laughs> <Yeah>. stab fight. <laughs> he, he gets back and he's like, these motherfuckers tried to kill me. <laughs> it, um, I think they bungle his return. Like they do not give you the, the awesome stand up and cheer moment that you should have from him being back and like the tables being turned. Instead he returns and then they're like, nope, JK. <laughs> also, he's dead. also, he returns to the fucking space drill. Yeah. It's not like it's not like he comes around a corner and clocks somebody for like throwing him into space. He comes in. <laughs> but but what's weird is he doesn't return seeming violently angry that they knocked him into space, right? He comes back and yeah, he knocks he he beats the guy because he clearly was attacking, you know, the others. He beats the Russian dude. Um Nikolai um but then he's kind of like okay what's going on where's nika where's nika where is she and then he becomes batman and he starts you know fighting <laughs> <laughs> it's just a weird turn a weird turn for a character that i i really wanted him to survive <laughs> i'm just glad it's it's just the death of his girlfriend and not the death of his parents that turns him into batman that's true <laughs> But yeah, that was, I, I can't remember the last time a movie has had me like, oh, hell yeah, they're going to do it. They're bringing it back and then just turn it around so quickly. <laughs> but they really, they really bungled him. Um, death of Nika, I don't understand because even though now I know the node zero was not a lie, I don't really know what her goal was, like how... She thought she was just going to stand there and distract them by threatening to blow up everything. And then some signal would happen that would mean Ariana DeBose has left and that would make it okay. Like, what did she think was going to happen? I think the the only thing that makes sense to me is that she was actually going to kill the three of them. Mm. Like she was going to like, you know, vent pure O2 into that chamber and then light the torch and just like explode that section of the ship um but she didn't anticipate our, our, our hero from america in the hallway because well, this also gets to be another thing she is creating a distraction i, I think that that was as, the lie okay because as cramped as the iss clearly is in this movie it is roomy as fuck. Like no one knows what the other person is doing for long stretches of time. Yeah. <laughs> there are, 
they're having loud conversations with each other. Someone else is like way off far away and has no idea what's going on. I don't buy the need for a distraction, but I also don't believe you could blow up a part of it and the rest would just be fine. <laughs> that, no. that doesn't really seem like a thing. Well, I mean, in theory, if you, uh, you know, if you actually close that section off and you just burned away all the oxygen really fast, then everybody could su suffocate and but also be burned. I, I don't know. I, I've mm -hmm. never been in space, never been on the ISS. <laughs> I don't so, know how it works. So what is John Gallagher Jr. doing in the... Has he just snapped? Is that what we're supposed to believe? What When he has the knife... And he's like making a sandwich while also planning to escape, but knowing they know he's planning to escape. Like, so, like what is the 40 chess that he's playing there? So he's 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 basically a, an evil Sherlock who <laughs> who basically goes, wait a second. She killed herself doing it a distraction, which means she was distracting somebody. There was only me and the other person here on the ship at that point in time. If if she was distracting the guys, then she was gonna do something. Wait, she's got node zero. I know what node zero is. Uh, and she was gonna take the ship, so I'm gonna take the ship. That was the weird thing too. And he's like, he's like, I don't know. Are you gonna let all of us come on the ship, bitch? You took the thing and put it in your room. You were gonna sneak out alone too. Like, how how yeah. you call us somebody else out on the plan that you're also doing that you got the idea from them on. Well, and are we meant to believe everyone can fit on the ship? Because isn't that the whole problem is they couldn't all fit on the ship? Like, why don't they all go well, now? Why is there still a fight? Two people came up. So at least like it might only fit two people. Like it seemed like it's a pretty small little cabin and there's just two chairs okay. side by side. Um, okay. So this is also a fake thing because rockets go up with more than two people for sure. Uh, yeah. But how many people fit in the Soyuz? Let's Google it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what so you are. That's a good a good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, um, I do want to talk about some some other MacGuffins that happened mm -hmm. uh, in in this film. Um, so remember the point where they're like, "Uh, guys, <laughs> we has a problem." <laughs> they're mm. like, they're like, it turns out that the space station is going to crash into the planet if we can't get. Apparently, the the thing that controls the boosters is only NASA. <laughs> Nobody on board mm. the ship can control the boosters. Um, so you have to control it from down on the surface. They're like, hey, if the surface signals don't come back on and don't let them fire the boosters to lift us out of the free fall that we're about to be in, um, we're all going to die. There's a point where the boosters come on, but nobody cares. Yeah. E everybody's just like... <laughs> Like, oh, no, that's a, we don't care about that problem anymore because we have our own plans that don't make any sense that we're going to do without yeah, the, the idea that The idea that they were going to die and fall to Earth was really intense for, like, five minutes of the movie, and then they stopped caring about it. Yeah. I didn't even know for sure how the boosters worked. In my head canon, because it would be so dumb to not be able to control them from the ship, in my head they can't control it because the power is down or something is down that makes them not control the booster. But there was some mechanism by with from ground control, they literally shoot something else up to like push you. <laughs> and then that's what they were waiting for. Cause they were talking about like bringing supplies and other things. Like it felt like in this world, the, the back and forth from the space station is somehow more easy or streamlined <laughs> than yeah. you would expect but like you have to be right um 
it it just what a terrible design it yeah. doesn't make any sense and the other thing too that, that i don't quite understand is i know that it's it's becoming a pattern where on a podcast i continually ask how do emps work um, mm-hmm. And I still refuse to Google it after the episodes are over. But yeah. it seems like John Gallagher Jr. was like trying to say that their systems on the space station were down due to a blast from an EMP. I don't mm. think EMPs travel from the surface of the planet, no matter how many nukes you fire. Um, but once again, I never tested it. Yeah, I, I have no idea how it works. I mean, the they have also said that the the space station is closer to Earth than usual right now. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's close enough to be hit by a blast or something. The thing is, we don't even know what was actually wrong with the ship, right? Because one of the Russians has faked something being wrong to try to screw everyone else over. He- I assume them losing... Because even them losing the ability to talk with the the world i don't remember if one of the russians makes that happen or not or if they hint to why everything goes down uh no so i think i think that was you know all the nuclear blasts on the surface of the planet it makes sense Mm -hmm. they can't communicate up to space i just don't know why space can't communicate to itself like obviously the russians Mm -hmm. um uh like conveniently all of the cables in the walls of the ISS, the blue ones are the United States and the red ones are the Russians. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. So they just go in and start cutting <laughs> blue cables to try to take out the Americans. <laughs> it makes it easy. <laughs> I mean, th- those guys knew what they were doing when they started building that thing. <laughs> the, the MacGuffin of it falling towards the Earth, first of all, completely crazy, like, their explanation for that is like, oh, yeah, we went lower than usual because we wanted it to be faster to get supplies. Like, we wanted to meet someone in the middle, and now we are just perpetually falling <laughs> rather than going back up to the place where you exert no energy to, <laughs> to stay in place. Like, that that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I'm sure there's limited fuel in, yeah. in that thing. Um, but anyway, that MacGuffin also has a weird effect because... A similar MacGuffin is the life support, right? They tee it up at the beginning of the movie. If you don't hear this fan anymore, you know you're going to die. And that could be very scary in a world where you're stuck on the space station. But by the time this MacGuffin hap- like actually plays out in this movie, all characters are planning on leaving the space station. Yeah. <laughs> so you have this weird thing where there's like a sequence where they rush and turn back on the life support and then the very next shot is them leaving and it's like what was that for the mice <laughs> like why <laughs> <laughs> that, that so there's two really dumb things about this entire sequence one one is john gallagher jr <laughs> like so he turns off he's he's this, this evil joker <laughs> turns off the life support and then turns on the ipod so nobody can hear it Mm -hmm. right (laughs) and Mm -hmm. then she 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 like makes a gesture and our russian friend goes over and turns off the ipad and john Gallagher jr goes "Hmm, nobody likes my music (laughs) it's like it's like that's why i feel like he's playing it as not the joker but as this person has gone mad like this person has gone insane and now he is just like 
living in this fantasy world like because he was playing it so weird yeah yeah it, it was incredibly weird and the fact that he's just like why like, is he making the sandwich <laughs> so he can have a reason to hold the knife <laughs> but then why does he let her have the knife like what um what appearances is he trying to keep up when they're all speaking subtext already about the fact that he's abandoning them why also, is he then like okay you can have the knife sorry uh, a weird day you uh, know mondays <laughs> also who wrote this dialogue because it's like he goes um excuse me uh my other space station friend this woman would like to tell me secrets that she doesn't want you to hear can you please leave and then she immediately goes actually i would like you to hear these secrets <laughs> and he's like maybe i will stay then and he's like no actually she really really wants you to go and he's like i guess i will leave then and then she puppets back the uh <laughs> all that matters is that we stay together or whatever the line is and then he's yeah. like hmm and he's like you must go because i am only one that knows how to turn back on the thing And he's like actually i also know how to turn one lever <laughs> which turns back on the, the life support system <laughs> Yeah, it, it is that entire sequence is just very, uh, very weird. It's like I feel like I know the kind of movie they wanted to be there. They want it to be Inglorious Bastards or something where it's like a stalemate, but they, yeah. but it isn't. Like, no one has to be speaking in code right now. The Russians have already like tried to murder the captain. Like everyone knows, everyone knows what the deal is now. But for some reason they're speaking in code in a way that only makes sense to me if it's like this guy is about to lose it at any second and we're trying to calm him down by talking like everything is normal and then get the knife away from him but they don't get the knife away from him they like fucking kill him like it's just <laughs> it's all very weird like he has kids that man has children. <laughs> also, also, I know, you know and we know he has kids because he won't shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> yeah I know it's like we get it we're gonna be sad when he dies later <laughs> so so why did they hang so long on the shot of like them all floating around with him having been choked to death <laughs> oh i because i think they're trying to parallel the shot before of him sleeping with his eyes open uh, i think that was supposed to be a similar creepy thing right that's that's brilliant steven <laughs> yeah the, la the last MacGuffin that i'm gonna point to it's so minor, it's probably not even a MacGuffin. It's more like a uh, um, Chekhov's gun that never fires, is the gifts. They get gifts, right, brought back from Earth. Oh, yeah. And because Ariana DeBose, because he doesn't know what to give her, he gives her this floating, like, rocket keychain thingy. You know, I, I don't know what it is. It's a trinket from the gift shop. And the camera lingers on that. And then, like, multiple times in the movie, it lingers on it again. And the whole movie, I was like, okay, what is the thing that only this rocket is going to do? Like, what is the thing that this will use that will justify why we've been staring at it? And the answer is nothing. Like, absolutely nothing. Nothing happens with the rocket. I don't know why it's there. It's, I mean, it's what she chokes him with. Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. see? Okay, wow. So, so we were both so he, partly wildly unobservant and partly so, observant. No, no. So, so here's, here's, the, here, here's the hilarious thing is it's mm -hmm. not just the Chekhov's uh, lanyard with a rocket on it. It's Chekhov's lanyard with a rocket on it that Chekhov himself <laughs> explains mm -hmm. how it'll be yeah. used later. There's a scene where he's like, check it out. I know it's a weird gift, but this lanyard is made from the same material that our tethers are made from. <laughs> it's basically indestructible. Wow. I am such a bad movie watcher. I, I completely missed 
all of that and i missed what she choked him with <laughs> yeah yeah it, 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 she choked him with the the lanyard from the rocket mm. okay well that makes way more sense now yeah cool the movie's great actually between <laughs> sleeping with the eyes open and choking with the lanyard it's a perfect um perfectly constructed film all right so i just want to say one last thing about the ending um just and then you know because i know we're just kind of like you know joshing around or whatever but yeah what bother, bothers me about the ending is the transmission. Like, so basically they say, okay, everyone's dead. It's just the two of us. There's two seats on the Soyuz. Let's fly it back together in, you know, this great harmony and understanding that we don't have to kill each other because mm. like, it's not worth it. And let's just be good to each other. So they're getting in and it just so happens to be that as they're getting ready to take, take off from the ISS, the, the radios are miraculously coming back. And then we have the Russians, this is the Russians, uh, we are here and uh, we are talking to you. And then the Americans are like, hello, we are here, we are talking to you. <laughs> um, and, and basically both sides say, hey, this is the government of X country. We are here to help whoever's in the rocket, so long as they're from our country. <laughs> and they mm -hmm. don't respond at, at all. I think she uses a stick to turn off the radio or something. And mm -hmm. the problem is both governments who need their side to take control of the ship don't know who's in control of the ship they just know that right. a rocket is coming back towards the surface first of all she explains earlier in the film that without being guided by somebody on the ground you'll never make re-entry she doesn't go on to explain whether you'll burn up or bounce off the atmosphere like they talk about in other space movies or yeah. what the problem is. But she basically says, like, you can't do reentry unguided. So Yeah, but then Nika's like, but you can. So we know you, we know you can. <laughs> he said, I believe. No, he literally goes, do you know where you're going? And she's like, no. <laughs> but the problem is both governments are going to shoot that thing out of the sky. Because yeah, sure. neither oh, yeah, one of them fun. knows. Also, the Americans don't fucking know that there's the cure for radiation sickness on board that thing, mm -hmm. right? That's something that only the Russians do about. So the Russians are like, oh, sure as hell hope that like the Americans aren't about to get the cure for whatever. And the Americans are probably like, hmm, but there's a Russian dude on this thing. And it's just going to be like both, like basically everybody's got like one nuke that they didn't fire off during the beginning of the movie. And they're like, right, fuck it. <laughs> Shoot that thing out of the <laughs> <Yeah>. sky. <laughs> now is... Did Nika always love America and hate Russia? Or is the fact that one dude on the ship murders her boyfriend enough to make her completely turn against her country and be like, fuck it. <laughs> you American bring the radiation. <laughs> I, know, I, 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 think that, I think it was purely like a like uh, split up the doomsday device plans and give them to both, mm -hmm. <laughs> both hours, right? Like, I think it was, it was purely like a thing of like, hey, this is going to end badly here. Like, my side, quote unquote, has already done the bad move. So now I'm going to give you the thing that we were killing you for so that way you have it. Now, hopefully, you will go back to your country and say they let us take this this is the cure and then give it you know like i assume that she thinks she's going to do the deed herself but which is, which still goes back to why i think she was going to kill herself and the other russians because she thought the only mm -hmm. way like basically what was going to happen is everybody was going to kill each other until they were all dead and then nobody mm -hmm. would have the cure and instead yeah. she's like let me go kill my people because <laughs> they're the ones that struck first and then you mm -hmm. take this back to earth and save the planet which is mm -hmm. is the idea that i think she was operating under yeah 
I'm not an expert in nuclear war. And I know radiation is bad. Like, I know radiation <laughs> is a bad part of it. But I feel like the blast that we saw, like, having a cure for radiation sickness would not heal the world. <laughs> like, like, I know it would be helpful. It would be a necessary prerequisite for rebuilding, but I don't feel like it would solve everything. Yeah. But it's fine. Whatever. Also, maybe you want to inject a little of that before you fly back to Earth. <laughs> Like, I know usually you don't want to get high on your own supply. In this case, I think you make an exception. <laughs> yeah. Why were they studying it in space anyway? Uh, there, were, there was a line about how, because if you assume it's the same reason that she was trying to grow right. organs in space, it's because... Yeah, like, for her, it's the weight of organs, like the weight would collapse them. Yeah, yeah. So I assume that whatever that thing was doing was the same sort of situation where it's like, gotta be in space, Yeah, bruh. so it's not gonna work on the Earth anyway, then. No, no, no I, I think it's it's in the early process of when you're making the thing, those first few divisions, that's when it collapses on itself. But once you mm. actually have grown it, like obviously growing a heart in space doesn't matter if you can't take it back to the planet. I think it's purely yeah. the start. It's like the, you know, <laughs> making your sourdough <laughs> starter right. has to be done in space. But then once you have it, you can take that canister down to Earth and bake some bread. I thought for her thing, at least, it was literally the organs she was growing would get crushed, not like the the liquid caves in on itself but i didn't even notice the lanyard so clearly i wasn't <laughs> paying enough attention the people next to me were talking for the whole fucking movie i just have to say that <laughs> i i know you said the, i don't know i don't even want to keep going on to little nitpicks um do you have any last like intelligent thoughts about this film steven uh no my last intelligent thought was probably 45 minutes ago <laughs> All right. My last intelligent thought was when I said we shouldn't have a spoiler section. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is bonus content, Stephen. This mm -hmm. is what people come to the podcast for. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I think I think probably that does it then for this episode. Yeah. Um, I know people who didn't want spoilers are probably already gone. But for everybody who did stick around for spoilers, your reward is to know that uh, this this upcoming weekend um, we're going to be catching some films um, from the online version of the Sundance Film Festival. Um, so we will uh, come back next week with our thoughts on whatever it is we were able to actually end up catching <laughs> of the tickets that we bought. <laughs> Yep. So, in the meantime, uh, watch out for those lanyards on your <laughs> Chekhov's rockets. Yeah, be careful. Bye. Bye. <laughs>